And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. Most people are hoping for a better future, but there are things that can hold us back. When we focus on our past mistakes and those things that are less pleasant, those less pleasant moments in our life, sometimes it can lock us out of a compelling future. On today's podcast, we're going to discuss how to release your past to unlock a better future. To help me with this discussion, I want to welcome back my amazing friend, Lonnie. Lonnie, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and talk about this. Yeah, I'm super excited too, because this is such a great topic. There are so many people that are stuck focusing on the past or they have this baggage. You know, that's that term that you hear whenever if two people get into a relationship, they always have that baggage and they can't really come together until they let go of that past baggage. Mm -hmm. So but that goes for any area in your life, really, when you want to change a job or when you want to move on to a new career, you've got that past and you have to learn to release it. So tell me about some of the things that you've found that have helped you to uh, release that past. I mean, there's quite a few, but to me, there's really a subset of the the core tools to help you release the past. And I want to just make it clear that for me, when it comes to releasing your past, there's many ways to look at this, right? Like with the relationship, releasing your your past baggage and emotional attachments when it comes to changing your jobs. Oh, but I've been at this one for for so long. Or when it comes to, you know, even just becoming a mom per se and releasing that, oh, but I'm going to be having to let go of this freedom life where I was able to do whatever and whenever I want. Right. So there's always this past version and really what releasing the past comes down to is the identity and the emotional tie to that identity. So, so often I hear women say, I have this woman that I've been envisioning since I've been eight years old and I want to be her so bad. And I just, I can't let her out. I feel like I'm stuck wearing these masks and people pleasing and I have to be a certain way or, you know, I never have time for myself because I'm doing everything for everyone else. Also known as people pleasing, yes. <laughs> right? Or, you know, I have these dreams, but I just have all these fears and da, 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 da. And really, yes, you have the fear. But what that actually comes down to is your identity. Because if you viewed yourself as a person who is capable and worthy of that, and there's a word in there I want to go back to, then you wouldn't necessarily be so tied to that fear. So what you're doing is really tying yourself to that fear because there's some limiting belief. And the, the word I want to come back to is worthiness. So releasing the past really comes down to what is the identity you choose to have and do you feel worthy? Because a lot of women say, yes, I want to be this person who works out every day and, you know, yeah, she has fun eating, you know, margaritas and tacos every Tuesday, but for the most part, I'm healthy and I have a glass of wine here and there. And I have these dreams that I feel confident going after and, 
I'm able to balance motherhood and my professional life, or even if she's not a mom, like I'm killing it in my professional life, but I feel so fulfilled personally as well. And I'm setting these boundaries and I feel compensating these boundaries. There's this whole persona they envision, but they don't feel worthy of being her. And that's why no matter how many times they try to build these habits and make them stick, no matter how many books they read of atomic habits and the miracle morning and all that, they still struggle to become that person because you don't feel worthy and because you're also still attached to this past identity. So that's where really releasing the past comes from. And this past identity often is rooted within our childhood. So it can come from trauma. So a lot of healing is is usually involved. And I'm not saying everyone has to do this, right? Multiple ways to skin a cat. I actually, now that I'm thinking about that, I've really despised that saying. What a sad, morbid saying. I'm going to take that out of my vocabulary. Um, But there's more than one way to do something. So There's not one way that works for everyone, but a lot of the times this does involve healing. And that is where my accept, approve, admire strategy has come into play. So when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to what your identity is, your identity is made up of your past circumstances, situations, a lot of um, traumas that you may have experienced, whether they seem big or small, like even something as small or it seems small now possibly, but in the moment it, it could have been big for you is if you go into a room and you're just saying, Hey mommy, I want to show you my picture. And she's just like, not now, like I'm, I'm doing something. And you were so proud and you just wanted that recognition. And all of a sudden you don't see, feel seen. You don't seem like it's enough, no matter what you do, it's not enough to get the attention. Right. So it's creating these thought processes and these patterns and these limiting beliefs within your mind. So that's a small trauma that you may have. So your identity is made up of these small, big traumas, these conditionings, whether it's from society, parents, whatever, and um, also just your your own limiting beliefs that you're learning and coming up with to survive, right? So especially growing up, if you're acting a certain way and kids are being rude to you, you learn, okay, well, if I want to survive in this environment, because we don't inherently feel safe as kids, right? We're very much dependent on our parents. So we feel dependent on other people as well until a certain age. Then we decide, okay, we need to act a little bit differently to feel safe within ourselves and within this environment, but especially with your your parents as well. You know, be be a good girl and you'll get a treat, Right. Yeah, so or a good boy <laughs> in my case. Yes, right? or a good boy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so used to speaking to women. Um, but yes, be a good girl, be a good boy, right? Uh, another thing is like intuition. We so often don't trust our intuition as adults because we're taught to question everything, right? I can, parents will always say, now, do you think that was the right choice? Now, don't do bad things today or like, that's good, that's bad, da, da, da. We're not taught to decipher in our own way i could go into so many more tangents on this so um yeah i think it's already like seven ten minutes later and the question that you asked for what were the tools for what was it for releasing the past (laughs) yes but i we're really kind of getting into it and we're digging into it deeply which i really love i love going into these topics deep and a lot of key things came out of what you were just talking about and again 
to go through and unpack a lot of the things you said, but identity is a huge thing. And we create our own identity. And here's the problem that we have. Our subconscious mind already has created the identity that it thinks we have. And our subconscious mind is actually the boss. So when we try to make these conscious decisions and there's a conflict with the subconscious, the subconscious will always win. And that's why a lot of these people don't feel worthy. And I love how you mentioned something that happened in the past, like in childhood, the story about the mother not paying attention to the new drawing that someone did, and they don't feel worthy because of that. And that's something that we have to really dig into. And we have to ask, you have to ask yourself, what patterns are in my life that I can recognize? Because if we want real change, change and pattern recognition are really important. If you want to make changes in your life, you have to learn to recognize those patterns and then question that, go back and try to figure out, well, where does this come from? Why do I feel this way? What happened in my past? What in my past do I need to release so that I could unlock those keys to move forward and to get rid of those emotional attachments and to be able to make that strong change in our identity, make a positive change. You know, this is about being purposely positive. So that's basically on purpose, making a positive change. And we can't do that until we go back and kind of figure out what those patterns were. So before we dig further into that, I did want to ask you one thing. You mentioned a, a three-word formula, accept, approve, and what was the third one? Admire. Admire. So that, that's Thank my three-step process I teach women in self-love. And for me, this actually goes into what you were just saying, because I believe the self-development world and positivity actually has a toxic side to it. Because yes. the thing is, is and, and I love self-development and all that. And it helped me a lot a few years ago when I was really starting to dive deep into my journey. But I also recognized crap like the reason why I haven't been able to move forward is because I haven't just allowed myself to be enough as I am right now and so you have all these things of like yes be positive rah 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 motivation and okay now you're aware of what your issue is so now we're just going to change the habit and da 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 okay great how has that been working for you there's still so many people who are saying I feel stuck and they've been struggling to implement the habit because they haven't gone back to actually rewire it. It's like, oh, I spot the weed. Okay, well, now I know that the weed is there. So now I can just, you know, decide that I want to plant a flower on top of it. Okay, well, the flower looks nice on top of it, but the weed is still fucking in there. Oh, oh sorry. Can we start? <laughs> Obviously, I get passionate about this, <laughs> but you have to go in and pull out the weed because otherwise, like, that's why affirmations, they are powerful, right? There are so many studies done on how you speak to yourself actually changes your cellular structure. At the same time, if you just sit there and say, I'm amazing, I'm powerful, I can do whatever I want. Yes, eventually you might believe it, but you're going to have so much more momentum if you actually go in and say, well, why am I not feeling that way? Why am I feeling like it's not true for me? And actually go into the root of it and take it out and reprogram it. That's where the, the acceptance came into it. And I'm like, this is missing in the industry. 
And I've had people come to me and say, well, if I love and accept myself as I am, aren't I going to just get lazy and think, well, I don't actually have to be healthy. I don't have to, you know, go after that dream that I want. I can just kind of stay where I am and be happy with it and be grateful for where I am. And my answer to that is, yes, have gratitude for where you are and recognize that that is enough and that's amazing. At the same time, if you love and accept yourself where you are right now and your soul is still calling you to do those things because often our often we'll say I should do this should do that should do the other and it's because of external forces making us think we need to do those things if you love and accept yourself as you are right now and you still have the calling to do that that's who you are meant to be internally so it's still going to call to you but because you are releasing the pressure of the shoulds of I have to lose weight to be skinny. No, now I just want to be healthy to be the best version of myself. So my joints aren't aching when I go on a hike because I like to move my body because it actually makes me feel good. And guess what? The weight's going to come off a whole lot easier, even if that is something that you wanted. And now it's going to be a byproduct. And so I just use that because so many women talk about wanting to lose weight, but really this works with anything. Your habits that you're wanting to implement become so much more easier because it's coming from a place of love rather than feeling like I have to do this to be the best version of myself to fix myself. And Mm. that's the issue I have with the self-development industry is a lot of it is saying, oh, become your best self, but really we're still thinking I'm needing to fix myself. Whereas when you love and accept who you are first and foremost, now it's coming from a place of you love yourself. You're envisioning this woman and that pull towards her is so powerful. And because you've gone through those, those limiting beliefs and that deep healing that we were talking about before with the identity and stuff, now it's like, oh no, um, I can be that woman and I am worthy of being that woman now. So again, those new habits and patterns and ways of thinking become so much easier. Should we go back though to a few tools on how to actually like release the past because we went went into a whole tangent. So I feel bad. Well, that's okay. One of those tools, I don't want to gatekeep them. That's why we get along so well because we (laughs) we both have those squirrel moments and we continue to chase that squirrel until we're so far away from where we're supposed to be that it takes us a while to get back. But I'm glad you recognize about the tools because see, a lot of people talk about affirmations. And this is one of the problems that I have with the self-improvement community, which I'm a part of. And that is you can't just fix it by saying an affirmation, because if you say an affirmation like something like I am healthy, wealthy and smart, if you don't believe it, then your subconscious mind is looking up at you saying bullcrap. <laughs> You're full of it. We have to be able to actually say these affirmations for where we believe them. And in order to do that, we have to deal with the identity and we have to deal with what in the past is causing us to not believe those affirmations and how can we change those things? Absolutely. I still believe we should say the affirmations because there is science behind it. Oh yeah. Right. Even if you don't fully believe it yet, there is the power of law of repetition, but eventually it isn't going to do much unless you, you do go into the past. So like I was saying before, releasing the past is really about, one healing and then also two releasing part of your identity 
or what you think is your identity. Because like you said, it, it's the subconscious. Those things that we have been learning for survival patterns, they sink into our subconscious. And so we think that this is our identity. So when we start healing, the reason it's so scary and it hurts so much is because we feel like we're literally losing a part of ourselves. Because if you identify with being the shy girl who got bullied in high school and you decide, you know what, I'm done being that person who was accepting and tolerating that crap, you feel like you're abandoning that person. A lot of us have abandonment wounds. So if we're letting go of that part of our identity, we feel like we're abandoning a part of ourselves. So part of letting go of the past is learning that you have that version of yourself that you want to be inside of you, that you have a whole identity within you. So when you're letting go of these other parts of your identity that are no longer serving you, they're not truly part of your identity. Rather, they're more like a scab that needs the healing that needs to, that's ready to fall off at this point, right? It's like, as you're growing, you accumulate these scabs. And when you're ready to let it fall off, it falls off and it reveals your true identity. So instead of thinking of it as I'm losing this part of myself, and some people get off on that, they're like, oh, no, that part of me is dead. And it's like, is it really though? Because she got you to where you are. So shouldn't you be showing her love and compassion as well? So that's just another like self-defense mechanism, in my opinion. And I know Mm. that because I've done it. I'm not saying everyone feels that way. But I do notice in a lot of people, it's that false confidence of like, no, she's she's dead. She ain't ever coming back. Like, I'm never going to be that girl again. And it's like, you're not truly loving yourself if you're not giving her some kudos as well. She was just doing the best that she could with what she had at that time. She deserves love too, right? So I think some tools for releasing the past is like we've been talking about going into those limiting beliefs and where they're coming from and healing those. And a lot of that goes into reparenting yourself. And there can be different things like meditation and certain exercises like EFT tapping. I have a whole bunch of different exercises that I use that are, you know, releasing exercises. And so there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. It's just what works best for you. But the main point is figure out where is this limiting belief coming from and learn how to to rewrite it. But then also tapping into that spiritual aspect of the identity and learning that it's okay to let go of that part of yourself. Let's just use the example of moms and saying, you know what, that was a beautiful chapter in my life of having fun and the freedom, everything like that. And allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to grieve that part of your identity, of your adventure in life. And by allowing yourself to grieve that, instead of saying, oh, I should be so grateful because now I'm a mom and I've always wanted to be a mom and da, da, da. Uh, Yeah, it's awesome. You know, happy for you, but allow yourself to be a human and grieve that as well. And then it'll be easier for you to embrace this new version of yourself. But also being a mom is not an identity. It's part of who you are, essentially. Yes, it's an amazing, beautiful, so much of an important job. But you are a woman first and foremost. You are a soul. That is your identity. Your soul is your identity. Like, I'm a mom. I'm a corporate woman. I have blonde hair. Like, 
whatever it is, those are not your identities. Your soul is your identity, which to me, list out your values. That's the easiest way to determine your identity and the kind of person that you want to be. So moms, please don't get mad at me. You have a very important job. Okay. I'm not like, I'm not putting that down. It's just so many moms lose themselves. Right. And they're like, I don't know who I am anymore. Well, remember you're a woman first and foremost, because I think a lot of us, there's six basic human needs. Right. And a lot of people go into that. uh, I'm a mom to feel significant and satisfy that need. A lot of us go to that trauma and say, well, I've survived X, Y, and Z. And that's why, you know, I'm so cold and I don't trust anyone. And they almost like get off on being that person, yet they still feel almost dead inside and unfulfilled. And it's like, okay, well, because you're identifying with your trauma and making that part of your identity. Whereas if you acknowledge like, yeah, you shouldn't have had to go through that. But that doesn't have to be your identity anymore. You can accept what happened. It doesn't, accepting it doesn't make it okay. And that's another aspect is a lot of people think, oh, if I accept it, that means that I think that it's okay. Then absolutely not. But it's just, you're holding on to the poison and it's poisoning no one else but yourself. So it's time to put that down. You know, I'd say that (laughs) what you just gave us there was one of those mic drop moments because we do focus on those negative things in our life and then when we make our identity about that bad habit that we have for example you know i'm an addict i'm a recall even when you say i'm a recovering addict or i'm you know this or that or i am i'm not good at picking relationships you know i'm 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 a bad picker i had a good friend of mine tell me that that uh her picker is broken (laughs) Relationship. Well, they great are, they, job. Now you're guaranteeing that you're going to continue to pick shitty men because you're making that your identity, you're, you're, pulling yeah, that energy in. You're making that choice. And what they do is they close off their mind to the ability to truly connect with others because we as humans, we love human connection. In fact, we crave human connection, connection with one another, a soul meeting another soul. And it's like that bright light a cord of light between two people who connect and it seems to get brighter and brighter as that connection grows. And if you cut that off because of something that happened to you in the past, you're letting your past lock your future, not unlock it. And you're getting stuck back there. One of the books that I, in fact, I talked about this last week in the podcast is called the power of bad, the power mm. of bad by John Tierney and Roy uh, Baumeister. I highly recommend it. It talks about the four to one ratio. When bad things happen, it affects us four times more than when good things affect us. Mm, so, that's powerful. I believe it. That's Yeah, that's very powerful. So uh, the book gives you tips on how to be happier by identifying and learning about that tendency, just acknowledging it, that you have the tendency toward negativity and how the psych, how your psychology uh, can actually turn that around. It's really, it's really fascinating. Again, we're going off on more. I tangent. just wrote down the name of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the that power of bed, I, I, I highly, yeah, I highly recommend it. It really, it was an awakening moment because we don't think about that. It's kind of like you get up in the morning and you're in a good mood. You start to have a good day and then you're on your way to work and that idiot cuts you off in traffic. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that bad thing had 
four times more of an effect on you than any of the good things that just happened. So you wonder why when you got into your office, you were in a bad mood or when you're trying to eat healthy, you deal a lot with with that aspect of it. And it's not your the whole thing that you do, because, again, I think when people want to change their diet and lose weight and look better, there's something more deeper that you have to deal with first. And I think that is the thing that most people miss. They'll, they'll go through the diet process and you wonder why they don't keep the diet is because they don't, they didn't really point to why they want to do it. And it's usually something that's totally not related to health itself. Uh, but again, that's, that's an, another tangent. Well, but there's I, a whole I, bunch of fitness experts. So I was in this coaching group where there's like a thousand personal trainers and so many of them were saying how uncomfortable they still felt in their body. And they looked amazing. My eyes, they were talking about how uncomfortable they are in their body and how yeah. miserable they are and having all these mental breakdowns and feeling unworthy. And I'm like, ah, losing weight doesn't make you love yourself. Interesting. Like, obviously figured this out. <laughs> like, yeah. So it was just more so validation for me, which I think is why I'm so passionate about the you know, the fitness industry and kind of calling it out. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I'm not here to be a weight loss coach emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Yes. You want to yes. lose some weight and feel lighter and the body where the mind, the heart goes, the body's going to go. But what you were talking about with love and connection. So like Tony Robbins, he always says the two primary factors of joy are connection slash love and growth. Well, if you don't feel like you are worthy or you have all these limiting beliefs still going on, then you're not really going to grow much. And this love and connection, if you're, well, for both of these, actually, if you're still tying your identity into the past, you're not going to grow very far. So you have to be willing to let go of that, which no longer serves you. And part of that is becoming aware and identifying this is why I am the way I am and have been the way I am. But you know what? This is who I want to be. So let me go in. Let me heal that part of myself that is hurting. Because a lot of the times too, um, oh, we, seriously, we just want so many different things here too. <laughs> but a lot of the reason why people have these, these other habits are like, while this, why the smallest thing may stress us out is because we already feel so heavy emotionally and we just haven't we're so good at surviving that we don't realize we're carrying all this baggage from the past so of course the smallest thing is going to hurt us because we only have so much glucose in our brain every day to deal with stuff so if you're constantly saying you're not good enough you're stupid you can't do anything right like oh my god and you forgot this all these different things you're already using the glucose to talk crap about yourself and then subconsciously with all those pains and traumas that you're carrying you're using the glucose from that so of course the smallest thing is going to hurt you and of course you're not going to have that much energy and i'm sorry no all the supplements coffee red bull whatever that's helping you survive but that's not necessarily giving you the energy that you need so in order to feel lighter in order to have more energy you need to release the past and all these other things they're just symptoms of you carrying this emotional, mental baggage from the past. But so many of us are afraid to go there. But here's the thing. Yes, a lot of this stuff to bring it up, it does hurt. 
but there is a semicolon to it. Yes, it hurts, but oh my gosh, I've been going through it and now I'm starting to feel better and I'm having more freedom. Whereas if you don't deal with it, you're going to stay stuck exactly where you are. And that's a period. You're going to have the same result six months, 12 months, six years from now. So choose your pain. Choose your pain. Which do you want? Yeah. So what would you say would be the best way? Let's just pick one thing right now to focus on the best technique that someone out there who is feeling that weight on them, they're feeling that weight of the past and they want to let that go. They want to release it. They want to be able to move forward. They want to be able to unlock that positive, compelling future. I think it depends if they're aware of where the weight is coming from. I think awareness, and I think it's Aaron Dottie, I saw this on YouTube, said this is awareness is 90% of the the transformation, Mm -hmm. really, because like we were talking about before, we only use 5% of our brain, really. So the rest of it is subconscious. That's why everything's on repeat and everything. So when we seem to break down in these random moments, when all of a sudden we're feeling good, that's because our body finally feels safe enough to process some of this stuff. Yeah. So when you, that's why like things like meditation, stuff like that is so important being present. So I think the more you can become compassionately and curiously aware of what's going on. So throughout the day and this does take work at the same time if you're being present and practicing being present it's not as much work but if you can go day to day and just notice how you're feeling check in with yourself throughout the day how you respond to certain situations say someone cuts you off and you're starting to get really irritated about it instead of going into work and be like oh my god I'm so irritated I spilled coffee on myself and then this person cut me off ask yourself take a few moments and just ask yourself why is this stressing me out so bad? What exactly in my body am I feeling right now, right? And you're not going to necessarily have all your childhood trauma come up from asking yourself just that question right there. But just a simple example of how to become more curiously aware. Let me use a better example here. So say that you have a friend and usually you're texting back all the time and she doesn't text you back right away. And you're thinking, what the heck? What what's what's going on? And it's several hours later, and now you're spiraling in your head. Oh my god, did I say something crap? Did I do something wrong? And now you're going through all your text messages, right? And so you're in this spiral, and now you're starting to feel a little bit abandoned. You're feeling like more attached. And then notice what you're doing there and ask yourself, what am I making this mean? What yeah. am I making this mean about myself? What am I making this situation mean in general? And why, like, why would I be doing that? So, okay, I'm feeling like automatically I did something wrong. So she just doesn't want to talk to me. Why do I feel that way? Because she, she could have just been busy. She could have forgotten her phone at, um, at the house. She could be having a really emotional day and just not have the capacity to talk right now. Why am I making this mean something negative about me? And here's the next question. Even if she didn't want to talk to me right now, what about me is making that be so bad? Should I not own my own worth or trust that if someone's upset with me, they're going to come to me? I don't need to be responsible for someone else's emotions because there's a lot of different things that can be going on in that situation where you're taking on the responsibility for someone else's emotions because often we do that. 
They're not talking to us. So they're like, oh my God, well, talk to me. What did I do wrong? That's also a good adult conversation to have. But at the same time, it's a fine line. So I think it just comes down to being curiously aware with compassion, not judging yourself, not saying, oh my God, I'm so stupid. Why do I keep thinking I'm so stupid? Will you stop thinking that? That's turning into negative. Just saying, hmm, I'm getting down on myself for thinking I'm stupid again. Why am I making this about my intelligence? Like, how is that even relatable? Why am I questioning my intelligence right now? See how that's so different. So I think awareness before those other three steps, except to prove admire, but before anything, that awareness is what's going to, to help you start that transformation. Awareness. That's, that's the key. So, and that actually, that's another A word in your accept, approve and admire, right? I know I thought about it after I did it, but I've already said it like so many times everywhere of like, (laughs) those are the three A's, but you know what, maybe, maybe it's time to change that. Cause I also don't want to get in legal trouble with, uh, what is it? American advantage, like that, that the triple A I have and yet I don't remember exactly what it stands for. Yeah, American, or was it Automobile Club Ameri- of America? Yes, that. Yeah, 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 that's what that is, yes. They're not a sponsor. I have it for towing, just in case, but I can't even think of it, but I don't want to get yeah. in trouble with them either. So maybe it's time to add the fourth A, because it's true. It is true. The other thing that you said that was really, really important, and another mic drop moment for you, is we get to assign the meaning of the events in our life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we let those meanings dictate our behavior when it's up to us to assign the meanings. What does that mean? Like when that person cuts you off in traffic, what does that really mean? Well, okay. Maybe that person's having a bad day. So just let it go. And we need to practice letting those things go in our life. Another thing that I found really interesting is, and I've done this before. So anyone listening may have heard me do this before, but have you ever seen the movies like Iron Man or the Avengers movies? I have, but like only once in quite okay. a while ago. <laughs> well, did you ever notice that when Tony Stark, you know, another Tony, you know, there's me, <laughs> there's Tony, Tony Robbins, the Tiger. and there's, yeah, and there's Tony Stark, you know, from Iron Man. But whenever he's designing something in his lab, he's putting things in front of him. He's got this grid in front of him where he's designing things in, in the space in front of him, like a, kind of a virtual computer screen, a virtual reality in front of him. Have you seen that? You know what I'm talking about? How he does that? No, it's been oh, so okay. long since okay. I've okay. the well, movies, but well, I believe you. When we, we put things in front of us and that's kind of how our neurology works. That's how our nervous system processes things, things around us. Well, let's try this. Okay. First off, let's see, let's come up with, with a negative emotion or something like that. Something that you want to get rid of. You don't have to tell me what, what, what it is, but maybe, maybe a fear that you have. Okay. Think about that, a fear that you have that you want to get rid of and point to where, where you feel it inside. First impression. Let's see. Fear. I don't know. Automatically. I just, I go to heart because I feel like all our fears are within heart. Okay. Now I want you to imagine that, that fear as a picture in front of you, reach out and touch it. First impression. Say to my right, because I'm right-handed. Okay. Now put your hand, both hands around it. Like you're holding the frame of that picture. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, what I want you to do is make it bigger, like expand it like you would uh, on a screen and tell me what it does to the feeling. Well, it was like in a frame, but now I feel like more powerful because if I'm able to somehow adjust this, it's like, oh, I feel like I'm one of the Incredibles and I have special power. There you go. Okay. (laughs) Put it back to the the original size. 
Okay. Okay. Pull it towards you and tell me how it feels. Heavier. Heavier. Push it away from you. Be lighter. Okay. Now I want you to shrink it down to the size of like a penny. Shrink it down, make it smaller. And then I want you to pick it up in your hand and I want you to throw it behind you as far as you can throw it. And now imagine this great big vault closing and it's stuck in that vault behind you. How does it feel now? Oh, I like that, but I'm a little concerned because I'm thinking of the rice and crap. Is it good luck or bad luck to throw it over your right or left shoulder? Oh, <laughs> there you go. Well, what you've actually done is you, you've used your neurology to put something behind you because you ever mm. notice that phrase, I put it behind me or I yeah. stepped over it. I got over something. When you go over something, what happens? That thing is behind you. When you yeah. go through something, that thing is behind you. So what you've done is you, you've taken your neurology because you noticed that it got worse. It got stronger when it was bigger, which most of the time, that's what happens. There are some people that actually that works in reverse. But when you shrunk it down. Well, small, I feel like I was stronger, like it didn't have as much of a hole because you were oh, telling okay. me like, oh, take this picture frame. So yes. I'm imagining like a wooden picture frame. And so all of a sudden, if I'm able to change it from this wooden picture frame with regular paper and make it so it's stretchy, I'm like, oh, I have special powers to be able to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. It works different for different people's neurology. Yeah. But what always works is when you shrink it down like that and you put it behind you, that's how you can get rid of some of those interferes. And it's just a really I simple NLP that. technique. Isn't that cool? I absolutely love that. Yeah, it reminds it reminds me of one of the episodes of Tony Robbins podcast, like getting rid of a phobia a woman had mm -hmm. or like a traumatic experience. Like there were some similarities in that. But I, I love that idea of throwing it in the past. Yeah, that's so cool. Very powerful. Yep. So there are ways that we can release those things that have happened in the past. And by doing this, you're actually throwing it into the past and locking it back there where it belongs. And then it'll allow you to move forward and go toward a better future. So that's that's a really cool thing. There's all kinds of little techniques depending on who you work with and what you go through. But I know you're uh, making me want to dive into it further. I'm like, okay, let me go into another like NLP course here. <laughs> I well, love just expanding and learning all those different tools and techniques and passing them on to clients. That's what I'm all about. And I know that's what you're all about too, passing that mm -hmm. information on to help people grow. Uh, speaking of which, if people were interested in working with you, because I know you have an amazing program out there. How would they do that? I do. So pretty much I just suggest anyone go to Instagram or Facebook. I feel like Instagram's easier because you can always type in a handle. So it's just Lonnie Mitchell with an underscore at the end. So L-O-N-N-I-E-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L -L underscore. And I have a pretty palm tree behind me because I just took a picture <laughs> on my trip. So it's an easy way to find me. And I have different testimonials in there. It's a 10-week transformation course. That's my baby, my main pride and joy, where I've taken all the things I've done with one-on-one -on -one coaching the last few years and put it in there to make it more affordable and accessible to everyone. Then, of course, you know, I have one-on-ones as well and a few different extra exciting things coming up as well like a 21 day meditation course for that sounds like fun. yourself yes i'm super excited and i'm actually going to be offering it as well with beads because that's something i started doing it last year and i'm like i never really continued to do it though was 
creating uh, crystal bracelets, crystal bead bracelets. So they're the highest grade crystals. So things like rose quartz, amethyst. So I actually have seven of mine now that I'm going to create. One's going to be the weightless warrior bracelet. One is going to be toxic be gone or something like that um to have like hematite things like that in there so i'm i'm super excited i have yeah. like all this momentum energy now after taking a period of more so rest <laughs> well that's something that's important too and you know i can't stress that enough either we need to take breaks and most yeah. people especially type a people like myself and we're always on the go and we need to take that time. Take that because I feel like I'm a recovering type A. <laughs> we're recovering type A. Uh, type A anonymous. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, there you go. But yeah, it, it is super. It's super important to take those those times of rest because we were talking about tuning into how you're feeling. If you're constantly on the go, you need to make your healing a priority. Yeah, that's just it. Your your healing, your wellness whatever you want to call it, it needs to be a priority before you land yourself up in the hospital and your body makes it a priority for you. Yeah, that's so true. Making your healing a priority. And that's really how we can move forward to have that better future. You know, we've talked about the past and we've talked about the future, but I think the thing that we missed out on is living in the now. As you said, we are all a soul, right? We're not the body. We're not the emotions. We're not the mind or the soul. And we control all those things. We control our mind. We control our thoughts, right? We can control our emotions. Hopefully we can control what we do with our body. We can move it. I can move my hand up in the air right now or put it down. I mean, we can control all those things. We so, can control it to an extent. I have been taking way too long to learn how to do the splits. I've been trying to get into my yoga <laughs> practice and I'm just like, holy moly, yeah. this should not be taking this long. <laughs> Well, yeah, there are certain things that uh, that need a little more practice. I take dancing and uh, there are a lot of That's moves so that cool. that I am still working on. Uh, what kind of dancing? Uh, it's all, all kinds, ballroom dancing. So I do swing, I do uh, salsa, I do tango, I do foxtrot, waltz, pretty much the whole gamut. It's definitely, uh, it's good stress relief and it's a lot of work. I tell you, try waltzing for <laughs> for a half an hour. It looks like you're gliding on the floor if you're doing it right. And I'm still no, at so that like, level. I almost became an instructor. Fun fact. Wow. Fun fact. I like it. So, yeah, it's you, you actually you find muscles in your body that you didn't know you had. Same thing with yoga, I guess, is uh, I've done a Weeding. little bit of yoga. Yes. Oh, my God. Try weeding your garden and oh. you'll notice muscles in your forearms that you you didn't even realize they were a muscle. Holy moly. <laughs> well, again, here we go. We've got off on some more tangents as we're closing out know. today. But is there anything that you wanted to leave with today for those listening to help them to unlock that better future for themselves? I would say for those of you that are really focused on this whole idea of I'm creating the best version of myself. I do fully believe in that. Okay, I'm going to rephrase that. I don't fully, fully, fully believe in it. I 80% believe in it because we do need to take actions to get to where we want to be, right? We can't just will our way or affirm our way to, you know, being that morning person that wakes up and do their meditation and is, you know, doing the daily things they need to do for their business or for their health, whatever. So you do need that action to create the person you want to be. But at the same time, the desire 
for that and who you are truly, you already are that. So thinking that you need anything else, you don't. Like you already are that person. You just need to release the layers of conditioning and programming and limiting beliefs and fears that you have built up throughout the year to uncover the amazingness that you already are. Wow. That's a really, that's a beautiful way to say that, uncovering the amazingness that you already are. That's great. Lonnie, this has been awesome today. I know we could probably sit and talk for like another hour, but uh, we have we could talk kind for of come five to our time. <laughs> we go on so many tangents. Those squirrel moments. <laughs> it's been great to have you here today, and we will definitely have you back again in the future. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for having me here. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I love learning more about you and your stories. And that's so cool that you're a dancer. So thank you for having me. And I hope that everyone listening has gotten a lot of value out of this podcast. I definitely recommend listening to it twice because there's just so much that, that we covered. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you may be out there thinking about that compelling future that you're looking for and have that wake up call moment. I have an ebook that talks about wake up call moments called Strive to Thrive. You can download it on my website, TonyWCoaching.com for free and start that journey on a purposely positive life.